0: Hi, I'm Ewan Blakey, Senior Pastor of Oasis Church. I hope this message gives you hope and helps you take your next step on your Christian journey. We'd love to invite you to come and see us in person at 10 a.m. on Sundays, or join us live every Sunday on YouTube. For more info, visit our website, oasischurchperth.com. Hey, Oasis Church, hello, how are you this morning? Hey, thank you so much. to Pastor Ewan and Christy for having me. I, can't, I don't know where the camera is but wherever you are right now Straight ahead, I want to thank you and honour you uh, for who you are and what you have laid down to to actually build the kingdom of God. Um, I'm looking around the room and this church is filled with amazing people. And uh, I, I just want to thank you for obviously being a part of this church, but also to, to, for advancing God's kingdom across the earth. At the end of the day, we don't gather together to consume, we gather together to contribute to the kingdom of God. And as I look around the room, it reminds me of a church that I once grew up in. Uh, very similar, very similar in size, very similar in demographics. And it actually brings great joy to my heart. I'm a girl from Melbourne, Victoria. I have grown up in the country for a portion of my life. And that's probably where I really stepped into a church like this and became a part of, I guess, what I'm doing even now. It started in a place like this. And uh, it brings great joy for me to be able to be here with you today. Again, I want to say thank you to you guys for having me here. And I'm sorry that you can't be here. I've missed out on meeting you guys and spending some time with you. But your church is amazing. I want to thank every person who has served and ushered and helped in some way, form or shape today to make it happen. And for the team that picked me up this morning. Thank you so much it's been awesome. Hey, listen, I actually just felt as we were in worship today that the Lord just dropped on me a word for Oasis Church and for where it's going. And, and Pastor Ewan and uh, Christy, I, I just sense that the Lord said, um, you have built a church that knows how to love. You've built a church that knows how to love people and the church is about to step into a season where not only will a hand be extended to people to lift them up and to lift them out, but it will be a mouth peace that is going to proclaim the good news of the gospel in a greater dimension where the proclamation goes forward and literally you're going to walk into a season of miracles. You're going to walk into a season of healings and deliverance. You're going to walk into a season where the lost are coming home and where the prodigals are coming home. And so I just release that word over this church right now. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done in this church. I thank you, God, that this church has not seen its best days yet, that the best is still yet ahead. The building is a landmark and a signpost to what you want to do in this nation and in this state of WA. And I thank you, Lord, for a people that have aligned themselves to this body of Christ, who have called it home, who have sown their life in here to make a difference. And I thank you, Lord, that they are about to walk into a season of harvest like they've never seen before. I thank you, Jesus, for the signs, wonders and miracles that will follow the preaching of the Word and that literally people will come from being lost to being found, for those who are sick being made well, and for those who have run away coming home. And so I thank you, Lord, that this is a landmark church in this state and in this nation. And I thank you that you want to release that over this church in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, also, I felt like the Lord laid a word on my heart for uh, Luke. Where are you, Luke? Keyboard player. Yeah, Luke. Is it? Is it right? Yeah. Awesome. Luke, as you were playing there, I felt like heaven opened up over you as you were worshiping. And I felt like the Lord is calling you into a deeper level of intimacy with Him, where it's not just about function or form, but it's about heavening opening up over a room and over a space where you usher in the presence of God. He's called you to be a minstrel, And I would encourage you to go and look at the Levites throughout the Bible and the Old Testament and and what the Levites did and how they functioned, but how what they did opened up heaven over a space where the glory of God could break out, people could encounter Him. And I literally see you moving into a place, the Lord's going to call you in a deeper place of intimacy, where you go from, from playing in form and function to just playing in the Spirit. And I see that as you begin to move with Him and go where He leads you, that heaven will open up and many will encounter the love of God because of your intimacy with him and his love for his people and he's wanting to flow through you in greater dimensions. You've seen the power of God move before. You've been a part of things and God is saying, son, I've called you to deeper. I've called you to deeper places and deeper levels. And as you step in, you're going to feel the water levels rise and you're going to find yourself floating in places that you've never been before. So God, I just thank you for Luke. Um, I don't know if there's a team if we can get just a couple of guys just to lay hands on you. Um, Lord, I thank you for Luke. I thank you, God, for the gift, the call, the grace that is on his life. I thank you, Jesus, that he has dedicated himself to the form and function to be able to play music. I thank you, God, that you've not only called him to the form and the function, but you've called him to release an anointing and to open up heaven over this house. And I pray, God, that you would take him into deeper places and intimacy with you where he is literally encountering the glory of God that would break out in his own home that would then travel out and break out in here. I thank you, God, you've called him to be a minstrel for the kingdom of God, not just to be one who knows form and function, but one who knows where the Spirit is, what the spirit. It is doing and where to go and how to follow. And so Lord, I pray for your anointing, come up, anointing to come upon him in greater degrees, in greater mentions than he's ever experienced. Lord, let the glory of God break out in his home and let it ripple out into a community, into an estate and into a nation in the mighty name of Jesus. I Thank you for him. Amen. Amen. Yeah, well, hey, um, I, like I said before, I'm super excited to be here with you. I, I do have a word that I want to uh, bring. I feel like the Lord has laid this on my heart for you today. And I, I figure it's probably helpful you get a little bit of history about who I am outside of the business side of things or the, the professional side of things. So I grew up born, raised in Melbourne um, and grew up in a Christian family. They love the Lord and at the age of 5 I was the eldest of 3 kids at the age of 5 I had an encounter with God that changed my whole life uh, I was went to bed and had gone to bed and gone to sleep and in my sleep I was in a dream and in that dream I woke to the sound of a trumpet as I heard this sound of a trumpet there was an urgency that filled my heart and caused me to get up out of my bed and run through the house to get to the back door. As I got to the back door, the door was jammed and I just kept pulling on it, pulling on it with this sense of urgency. I need to get out, I need to get out. And as I got out of the house, I come to the backyard and I find my family hovering in the clouds with Jesus and an array of angels behind him telling me that I was too late. And as I looked at Jesus, he said to me, you're too late. I was like, wait for me, wait for me, wait for me. And he said, you're too late. And in that moment, I was like, what do you mean I'm too late? What do you mean? And to that, there's a thousands and thousands of people being told the same thing. And I, I, I stood there just absolutely broken and, and longing to be with him, but him being broken and longing to be with me. I woke up from that dream and I ran into my parents' bedroom and my mom sat me down and tried to explain to me what that meant. And then she proceeded to lead me in a prayer of salvation. And from saying that prayer at the age of five, I became passionate about seeing Jesus encounter the friends and people that I knew and anyone that I could find. I walked through my school, I would walk through the street, I'd be like, hey, do you know Jesus? You need to know Jesus. Do you know Jesus? You need to know Jesus. Do you know Jesus? You need to know Jesus. I didn't know that he came, he lived, he died and he rose again. I didn't know the fullness of what he had done. All I know is when I looked at him, I felt love, I felt compassion and I felt this longing to be with him and him longing to be with me and everybody else that was told the same thing. And in that moment, it changed the trajectory of my life. And literally I saw God take my life and put me on fire to be able to tell people about Jesus. Now I'm going to be really honest with you. I'm a standard everyday country girl. Don't like the name Shazza, Shazza, nothing of that. It's Sheree. But I grew up in, 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 a, in a family that loved the Lord and, and I told people about Jesus but there were some things that I was like, I just don't quite understand some things about it. Like I knew I had the experience, but I needed to understand. And I had questions about that. And today I wanna to read to you from John chapter three about a man named Nicodemus who also had questions. He was a Pharisee, he was a religious leader, he was a religious, law, le- um, religious leader who knew the things of the law, but had questions when it came to Jesus. And this is where we pick it up. It says in verse one, it says, now there's a man uh, of the name of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who came from God. For no one can do these signs unless God is with him. He recognized that the signs, the wonders, the miracles that were following Jesus were actually signs that he was from God. And he struggled with this idea because it didn't match up with his understanding. And it says, Jesus answered him, Truly I say to you, unless you are born again, you not, cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born again? When he's old. Can you imagine for a second he he doesn't have the full picture that you and I have today? He's standing with Jesus before Jesus went to a cross and died and paid for the price for our sin and was resurrected. He's standing before Jesus, going, "How is it possible for one to be born again?" You saw a number of babies here on stage, and you know you know the process of how that happened. You know the process of how that that, how they came to be. And he's like, "How can this actually be?" And he says to Jesus, "How can a man enter the mother's womb?" And be born. And Jesus answered him, Truly I say to you, unless you are born of the water, born natural, and born of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God that which is born of the flesh is the flesh, that which is born of the spirit is the spirit. Do not, do not marvel that I said to you, must be born again because the wind blows wherever it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everybody who is born of the spirit. As I started to read this passage, I, I started to ask questions just as Nicodemus was asking questions. How is this possible? And he speaks very clearly to being born again, being born of the Spirit, not going back into the mother's womb and coming back out, but being born again in the Spirit. I was like, okay, so why? So then the Lord took me back to Genesis chapter 3 where Adam and Eve in the garden partake of the fruit and have sinned. Now sin, for those who are unaware of what that word means, sin is what we have done. It's what we did. It's disobedience. It's independence. It's disbelief. Sin is what separates us from God. And Adam and Eve in the garden when they sinned, it literally says that they hid themselves away when they would usually walk with God in the garden at night. And and the Lord walks into the garden. He says, Adam, Adam, where are you? Now, God's pretty smart. He knows everything, sees everything. He didn't lose Adam, but he was trying to get Adam to recognize where he was. You're away from me from what you have done. And in that, the Bible says that when God spoke to them and said, don't eat of the tree in the garden, the tree of life, knowledge of good and evil, he said to them, if you eat of it, you will die. Question, did they die physically? No, they died spiritually. The spirit man within them died to the connection with the holy God because sin separated them from him. And the Lord was trying to prevent them from walking down a path. But God is not a God who makes us worship him or makes us be in relationship with him. He is a God who loves us enough to give us free will to choose him. Adam and Eve chose independence. They chose to disbelieve the goodness of God, that he was holding something back. And they chose disobedience and ate of the tree. And that's how sin entered the world. And that's how the spirit man within us dies. Now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says that we are spirit, that we are soul, and that we are body. If you look around the room right now, some of us have got great bodies. Some of us have got bodies that need help. Some of us have got bodies that need healing. If you look around the room right now, you'll know that some people have problems within their soul the mind, the will, and the emotions. Some of us have mental health issues. Some of us have emotional uh, uh, um, dysfunction and trauma in our lives. And then you put that all together and this is what we call a human. Spirit, soul, and body. Now, for the sake of time, I don't have the the ability to be able to illustrate this to you tonight, but today, but if I had three people come and stand here and represent each one of those, it says that when sin entered the world, that the spirit man died. And if you can imagine one part of that body dying to the ground. But what Jesus is saying here in this passage is that it is only through him that we can be born again, born of the spirit. When the spirit comes to life, it's our response to him. And when we respond to him, that spirit man comes to life. And so often we uh, uh, live for this idea as, as believers, we, we need to see people saved, yeah? Well, like they need to be saved, they need to be saved. But can I just, can, can I really simply and quickly just say, God wants to bring the spirit man to life because that's what brings us back into relationship with him. It brings us back into the kingdom of heaven. It's our, as someone might just say, it's our ticket to heaven, But did you know that it's not God's full intent that it would just be our ticket to heaven? Because when He came, He came to set the captives free. He came to save. He came to forgive. He came to heal and He came to deliver. He's not just invested in the spirit man coming to life, although that gives us access to Him and we become children of God. He actually wants to see healing for the soul, healing for the body. Deliverance for the soul. And so he's invested in the whole person. And today I want to suggest to you that salvation is for the whole person. It is not just about our ticket to heaven, but it is for the whole person. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Um, verse 6 through to 10, I think it is, it has the Lord's Prayer. Do you remember the Lord's Prayer? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants to bring heaven to earth. And it's the miraculous that unlocks that and the miraculous takes place not only in our spirit coming to life, but in our soul being absolutely delivered and our body being completely healed. I wanna suggest to you today that miracles are normal as a part of a believer's life. We're not called just to simply go and give a good message and say, hey, believe in Jesus, you can get your ticket to heaven because He wants us to live with heaven on earth here and now. So it's one thing to come to Him and have your your life and relationship restored to Him and have a relationship with Him, but it's another thing to walk in the wholeness and the fullness of healing, deliverance in our body and in our soul. I I share this with you. When going back last year, I went on this journey, um, a bit of background. I I was anaphylactic um, to nuts, wheat and sesame been on life support a number of times and had nearly, nearly lost my life. Um, only knowing full well that God hadn't finished me with me yet and it wasn't over. I knew that there was more and God preserved my life and it was awesome to watch Him do that. But can I tell you last year, I went on this journey. I was like, Lord, I'm not content just to live with the fact that my spirit man's alive. I want my body to be whole. I want my soul to be whole. And so I went after it with God. I was like, well, God, your word says that, you know, miracles are normal. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's not power so that you can just go, ooh, goosebumps fall over and have a holy roll. No, no, power to carry the kingdom of God from heaven to earth. And I was like, Lord, I'm not content to see miracles in this idea of just an out there somewhere happen when Jesus was here. I want to see it here and now. And so I started to press in and be like, God, I want wholeness and healing for my body. I wanna see these allergies gone in Jesus' name. So I went back to the specialist. The specialist said to me, we don't do blood tests to retest. I said, why not? And they said, because blood work doesn't change. I said, well, you don't know my God. I said, I want blood tests. So they did blood tests. We went on this whole journey of testing and lung function and all of these things to see what had gone. Do you know, I went from 89%, 79% lung function to 105% lung function. I was like, where'd the 5% come from? The extra. (laughs) That's my God. I went back and I looked at the blood work and they said, listen, we want to ask you a couple of questions. I'm like, yeah, great, awesome. And they said, look, if you could be exonerated from one of these things, which one would it be? And I was like, one? No, 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 all of them. And they're like, well, yeah, but if there was one, no, 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 all of them. And she's like, yeah, we, we understand that's what you want, but like, we're just looking at blood work. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, look, we can't really explain it because blood work doesn't change, but we're looking at your results and all of your results have come back negative. And I'm like, okay, so why can't I be exonerated? She went out and she addressed another colleague, came back in and said, listen, we've said that because your allergies are so severe, we can't actually exonerate you because if something goes wrong, you're a liability. I'm like, okay, cool. So really what you're saying to me is that blood work changed, I'm healed, I'm good. And I can do this. And she's like, no, we, we really don't suggest that you do. want we'll to take you on journey. want we'll to test it. I'm like, what does that look like? Come back every month. Oh, I don't got time for that. If, if the blood work says I'm good, I'm good. I walked out of there and I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm not crazy. I'm not stupid. I've been anaphylactic. I've been in hospital, been intubated on life support. I'm not about to do anything stupid like go out and eat a bag of knobby nuts. She's like, great, fantastic. Come back in six months. We'll test you again. Okay, sweet. That was December last year. 9th of December, I went out for dinner that night with some friends to a regular restaurant where I eat normally, where I, they know my allergies and where I know that I'm not going to die. We sat down, we started eating a meal. I started eating some steak. I put a piece of steak in my mouth with a sauce and I was like, oh, that tastes a bit nutty. I'm like, Lord, <laughs> where to from here? And literally in that moment, I had a decision to make. Do I go back into fear, get an EpiPen, stick it in and go through? Or do I face it knowing full well the blood work changed, my God changes the blood work, and that I'm whole and I'm healed? I stand here before you today to say that night there was not one reaction. I've had not one blow-up, not one anaphylactic reaction. I've eaten almond croissants. I've eaten sausage rolls. And I'm starting to feel the pressure of that. Um, Gluten-free diet was really good for me for a long time. And I was like, whoa, hang on a second. Um, But the whole thing has completely changed. I've been absolutely healed in my full body. There is not one thing that reacts at all. And the doctors can't explain it. They can't explain it because blood work doesn't change. So I want to suggest to you today that God has not called us just to be ones who would go out and share the good news of the gospel just to bring salvation in the spirit, man. God wants to bring salvation to the whole man, body, Soul and spirit. And I don't know if you're here today, if you've got sickness in your body, or whether you struggle with mental health, or whether you've got emotional problems, and whether or not you're just completely overwhelmed, but your soul needs ministry too. I can tell you this my God heals. My God is a miracle worker. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the word says that if we will follow him, that he would cause us to be fishers of men, which means simply that literally we would go and find those who don't know Jesus. We, the found people, would go and find the lost people. So, found people find people. And we would Would go and get them, and we would bring them into the fullness of salvation. But some of us have settled for the part part of salvation, our ticket to heaven. But God wants to give you a spirit of God in Him, right in you, right now, that would see you healed, hold, delivered, set free. Do you know? In the last twelve months, I have seen bones extend. I have seen. Cancer disappear off people's bodies and literally scans. Here's the cancer, Week next week, no cancer. We've seen over 20 patients healed of cancer. We've seen over, um, oh, I can't even remember now how many, knees, legs, ankles healed, crutches left at the altar, people getting up out of wheelchairs. Things are beginning to shift as people begin to engage in the fullness of who God is, not just happy to have their ticket to heaven and know that their eternity is secure. I'm telling you, church, there is so much more ahead of you as Oasis Church. I believe that there is an Oasis that God wants to bring you into that is going to establish His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven through you. He wants to do it through you. Huh. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16 that if you preach the gospel and if you believe in His name, hmm, you these signs will follow. These signs will follow. It's inevitable. They just follow. As you follow Jesus, you become a fisher of men. It's a byproduct of knowing him. Can I suggest if you don't care about others and love others and want to see others come into him, are you actually following him? Because as you follow him, he will make you a fisher of men. As you go and as you believe in His name, these signs will follow. I want to suggest to you today, church, there is signs and wonders. They are still on the menu of what God wants to do. He wants to pour it in and out and through you. He wants to see salvation come to the whole person of the people you meet and minister to. Oh, I'm telling you, church, if you could capture this and you could get a glimpse, the Word of God is full of His promises for you and me to outwork here on the earth. Oh, I don't have enough time to go into the rest of this, but I can say to you this, there's so much more for you if only you would access it. You remember all the people that come to Jesus? We said it earlier, the woman with the issue of blood, the demoniac, and many others, it says, they came to Jesus and when they left him, they were made well. They were healed. They were whole. And he said, your faith has made you well. And, 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 and in these passages, I love it because the word "well or healed, it's the Greek word sozo. And it means to be saved, forgiven. It means to be healed and delivered. So your spirit man is saved and forgiven of all of your sin, past, present and future. and then your body is healed. And your soul is delivered. There is the fullness of who God is that He wants to work out through your life. And the way this is accessed, accessed, is through faith. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight and nine says, "It is by grace, through faith, that you have been saved." You know what that saved word means? Sozo in the Greek. You've been saved. Not just your spirit man, but your body and your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. It's possible to have a right mind and have the mind of Christ. It's possible to have health and wholeness in your body. Now, you know what? I'm a bit like you. I've been there, done that bought t-shirt, prayed for people, and haven't seen a miracle happen. I believe my cousin was going to walk, talk, and, and be healed, and he, rather than all of those things happening, he got sick and he died. And I stood by his graveside and I believed that God was going to raise him from the dead. And I don't have answers to the questions of why that didn't happen. But I can tell you this, if I let my disappointment rob me of what God says is rightfully mine, I miss out. And others in my life miss out. So I made a decision. I'm going after it. Whether it happens now or whether it happens later or whether it happens on the other side of eternity, I'm going after it because heaven on earth is His intention. And He says, I'm a daughter. So therefore, as a daughter, I have access to the Father's pantry. You know, when your kids come home they walk in, they just help themselves and you're like, they don't come in and ask. They come and help themselves. Why? Because they're your kids. When someone else comes in and starts helping themselves, it's like, what are you doing? But, but your kids, you don't even think twice about it. You know that you have access to the resources of heaven Everything in heaven is yours. Health, healing, wholeness, deliverance. All of that is yours. His resource is yours. But so often we just don't choose to go to the fridge or the pantry and access it. Or sometimes they're like those mums that are like got that little stash locked away. Maybe the M&Ms are hanging out with the peas and corn in the freezer. But they're somewhere there. And sometimes there are the things you've got to ask for. Can I suggest to you today? There are things in heaven that we don't have because we haven't asked for it. What do you need? What does your family need? What is it that needs to be unlocked from heaven here on earth for your life? Will you go after it with faith? Will you step in and, and, and go after it?